Hi, this is Cam from the Nerd Book Review. And real quick, just in case you're not listening to episode two immediately after episode one, this is our part two of the Game of Thrones where we talk about the wider series, the rest of the books, and uh, everything that has surrounded them as far as uh, since they became so huge once they got on HBO as a TV series as well. Um, We didn't have a real good smooth transition point uh, when we decided to switch talking. It just kind of happened. So part two starts off as just a continuation of the conversation we were having at the end of episode one. So it might seem a little bit uh, abrupt and jarring if you have not listened to episode one or if you don't listen to him right away. So um, obviously there's huge massive spoilers as we talk about both the TV series and the books. So uh, fair warning there and we'll get right to the episode. Thank you. first book as it was when it was just the first book in a fantasy series Mm -hmm. it was probably better than my rating for it would have been better at that point in time than it is now Mm -hmm. partially just because who knows if the series is going to end yeah a a a much better in my opinion uh medium for it was tv and that has exceeded it and so for me, I'm not all that interested in rereading. Yeah. I, you know, I, like, I love finding things in it. There's so much in the books. And I will say one thing that like going back with my now my like first read in this case, listen instead of read of Wheel of Time in, you know, a good solid 10 plus years um, for the whole thing. I man, I got so big into the lore again, though. And I think that the last time one of these books came out, like 2011, 12, like I have, I have all of the extra like coffee table books and like the history of, um, of Westeros, you know, and that kind of stuff. I dance with dragons. I don't, I, have, I don't have the brand new one. Um, on dance with dragons is the book. No, no. no. What's the newest? There's a new, a new history thing that, oh, that came yeah, out. I know what you're talking about. Anyways, but I do love all that random stuff. Like I'm a nerd. If it when it comes to this, I'm not. A st- I don't have my Star Wars, and I don't care about any of that kind of stuff. But like, there's a few like <laughs> fantasy series where I have all of the extra books, you know. And this is one of them. And I, but I, but I think that's part of like what I love about the whole thing is that you know you have that uh, the world building that's outside of it that he's done, you know, at this point, and the characters are, are cool. But like, I'm the same way. Like, I don't know at this point if there wasn't a TV series, I think the series would be done. Um, just based off of like he would have had to keep writing his books as opposed to uh, being so supposed to uh, as opposed to dump trucks of money. Yes, uh, being backed <laughs> up to his house yeah, and that, the old HBO dump truck just yeah. pulling up and pouring gold onto him. Yes, and his uh, I mean he's richer than the Lannisters Hopefully at this not point. You know, pouring gold onto <laughs> him. Like, yeah. Not molten gold not, on his head. Not like, Sounds uh, like Scrooge like McDuck. Viser- Viserys? Viserys? Yeah, Viserys? Yeah. Yeah, also... Man, he was a... Ri- having a pool full of gold. Yeah. Great, right? Yeah, Scrooge McDuck would love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dive right on in. So, um, I kind of feel like we're already into, like, our second part of... The, definitely into our second part. But, um, Barry, you, <laughs> you haven't watched the TV series, but... How much, though, do you think you've gotten just based on how um, ubiquitous, ubiquitous it is? It is. That's the word I was looking for. Well, yeah, okay, culture. here's the outside perspective. I just know how unpredictable he is. 
And then I've heard from Katie here that like, yeah, just as, just because that character is alive now doesn't mean they, A, didn't die in the book or died and have come back since. So, I mean, I don't really even know. I mean, it's difficult to make really solid predictions. I mean, but, you know, you got, I mean, how do you kill Tyrion and Danny? I mean, they're great. They're amazing. Maybe everybody else is off. Maybe everybody else is fair game, but... Tyrion and Danny, they they got to be around still. You know, maybe you got to kill Jon Snow, but <laughs> maybe you disfigure one of them horribly. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so, no, no, but I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm guessing the rest of the books are you know probably just longer and better than this one. And I mean, they're definitely longer. Yeah, there is one thing about that. These books are incredibly long. Um, there is a little bit of an issue I start to have with the series too when it comes to when like the books where he split the way they got split up. Like where you only have half the characters in one book and then the yeah. next book is the other half at the same time. So basically you have like 3,000 pages of, uh, or 2,500 pages of well, the same events. Well, there's Not a guide that. online of basically they put them cr- chronologically so you can read them all at once if you're willing to go back and forth between the books. And I've heard that's a way better way to read it. Hmm. So you read the books at the same and time. And they were years apart yeah, you and, and you had to... Oh, yeah. you split like... Jon Snow is only in the th- we get into this stuff book. with Katie. Yeah. It's book five. It's books. And, it's books four and five. Oh, and okay. Four takes place like, in one area of the world. Five takes place in another area. Yeah. Uh, and the problem with that is that in book uh, five is the one that has all of the like characters that you like. Yeah. Oh right? yeah. So book four was a slog of characters that are not your favorite, mm-hmm. and that came out in two thousand five. Wait, I think that and one has Tyrion in it. So there's one character. It yeah. took six years to get, like, I don't know when book three came out, Yeah. but six years plus whatever the gap between three and four was to go from book three, your favorite characters, to book five, your favorite characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so it was frustrating to read at that time. Yeah, that's probably and, true. And also... That six-year gap, I lost interest. I didn't read book five, and I don't know. I I don't feel, I don't feel like I you know. Oh, I need You're to read these. Anything. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny though for me is is that I'm I'm probably feeling that way with about the books themselves, but I still love all my extra history stuff, mm-hmm. and I don't care at this point because it is, in my opinion, Game of Thrones is the best fantasy. TV show ever. Like yeah. Battlestar Galactica might be the only like you know sci-fi fantasy type of a thing that I consider on a scale that where if I'm like if I only have one series I could of that sort I could ever watch again, like Battlestar Galactica would be the only other thing that I might think of aside from Game of Thrones. Well, in the words of uh, good old Ben Wyatt on Parks and Rec, it's a crossover hit. <laughs> it brought in so many people to fantasy that would have normally not been interested because, yeah. as Barry said, it eases into it. Like, there's such a small amount of, like, magic that by the time it builds into it, they're already so hooked on the characters and the politics and the world that it eases into it and really shows people that fantasy can be mature. I can see this being like, if red state people are going to get into a fantasy series, this is it, right? Yeah. It has so much Republican written all over it. And that's not a hit on Republicans <laughs> either. I can just see a lot of that, a lot of their morals kind of fit. And I can see them identifying with a lot of the characters here. Well, and there's also kind of like 
religious tension and it doesn't really get into the specific religions or like their specific beliefs that much, but there's, you know, different ones and they're clashing because these are, this is an older one and this is a newer one. And if you're going to be part of it, you need to be this one. And the religious leaders are this way and they're clashing with the political leaders. And yeah. Yeah. What gave me that idea, Cameron, is I actually went to have a, Alcoholic beverage with a coworker at the Chaparral one Friday. Oh man! And I was playing pool, and I overheard like some definitely working class Middleton gentleman who probably likes Trump, who was talking just big Game of Thrones spoilers, just shouting them out, man. I mean, oh man! Just he was into that TV series. <laughs> That's what gave me that idea. I was like, yeah, I guess you know it makes perfect sense that like rural like rural Americans would kind of see a lot of honor in, in like a lot of the Starks. Well, my parents or my dad, you know, he, he of the proud that he's only read three books in his life um, is like, they watch game of Thrones, you know I mean? Like, like you're right. Like it's, I think that it, because it's character driven, it's a character driven mm-hmm. story. The world is medieval, but it could be, you know, that, but that's not the important part of it. Like, you know, I mean, it, it becomes more important, obviously, or it should become more important in the books that haven't been written yet in terms of the world like changing and instead of global warming, you have global cooling. Um, but it doesn't, uh, but in the early books, it really is just about characters. It just happens to be set in a medieval setting. You know, it could be King Arthur type of a thing, like the whole, it's a crossover hit thing that you mentioned, you know, but yeah, but I, at this point, I, I don't care whether the series gets finished as, as books. Is it the Metallica yeah. of fantasy series? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That even you like the first three books? Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, I liked Load and Reload, okay? Well, first, the first four and the fourth one just was missing some of, some of the good parts. Like you know, the like missing the good down the base. Yeah. They they kind of experimented a little bit. <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't what you originally really got mm-hmm. into it for. It was well written unless you like Jason and then it just didn't have that. Mm-hmm. Which one was Master of Puppets? Third. Three. Oh, okay. And Justice for All was uh was after Cliff Burton had died and they brought Jason Newstead in <laughs> and they basically just said, Okay, turn the bass down until you can't hear it. <laughs> Now turn it down more. <laughs> and so, and Justice for All is basically baseless. Mm. There are so, a lot of things that are baseless. I think uh, something, uh, uh, Lars Ulrich would say that's a baseless accusation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. You know, we're not even drunk right now. <laughs> I mean, I might be high on cold medicine, but. <laughs> My sparkling juice is gone. The, uh, but yeah, like I just don't, at this point, I don't care whether the series gets finished. Like I'm okay with Martin just continually to put out more world building stuff that I, that I get a <laughs> kick out of things Be- that are things that can work as addendums to yeah. what's really finishing the show. Yeah. Finishing the story. Yeah. The because, show. but Chris, I love your personal conspiracy theory though. Yeah. I really, yeah. we really need to get that one out there in the okay. world. Uh, it is my personal opinion no, that Robert or Robert. He's Jordan, been saying it for years, though. Yeah. Okay. For time, I've been saying that George R. R. Martin resents the success of the show. Uh, initially, he gave them the full story, the arcs of the. Yep. The right off the bat, he had to give them the finish. He had to do it for them to make the show because they wouldn't do it without 
without yeah. like, you know, the whole thing. I think that uh, he has grown to resent the success of the show and not been able to finish because he wants something else. He wants to change it so that his story is different from the show. And so that's why I think that he's been going back and doing histories is because he's revising canon so that his story, his ending will make sense to what he's put out since. (laughs) So I think that he is changing his ending intentionally to be different from the show so that he still has his story rather than what people are going to consider HBO's story yeah that he wrote books too yeah which is funny um one thing like he does doesn't he actually like write some of the episodes does he i think he, he, did, write one, he one. wrote one a season early on for the first few like the first oh he would just write like one yeah it was like the battle outside the walls in king's yeah. landing was one of them that he wrote i believe but then it was it took a lot of his time so he stopped Oh, I see. Well, but yeah, I agree with the book and the first season of the show are very close. So, I mean, he really ought to get the writer's credit like word for word in quite a bit of it. And and one thing like Katie, you said that like, you know, that's like a a large conspiracy there. You know, like a lot of people think that. But Chris has been saying it for years now. So if you you are certainly an early adopter of that uh, that theory. So I I just wanted to I always like to I always call it Chris's theory there for, for, you know, Um, we talk about. He also doesn't seem like the kind of person that necessarily maybe wanted that much success. He's the like, Kurt Cobain. He, yeah, he might enjoy <laughs> what comes writing. with it, like going to the cons and meeting the people and having people enjoy what he made. But there, there's a lot of other things that come with that yeah. that aren't positive. Oh, yeah. Especially had a, all the trolls. He obviously yeah. had a very kind of... I mean, he might have not been as big as Robert Jordan, but he, before Game of Thrones, he had a pretty decent science fiction slash fantasy career as a writer, mm-hmm. and he probably had a really effing good time doing that mm-hmm. yeah and just changed his life as an older man yeah. well and I, I also think that the success of it um drove uh the kind of unlocking of things that he didn't want out yet mm-hmm. like the whole all uh, the theories yeah all the all the theories that ultimately some of them are correct mm-hmm. uh like the what is R plus L equals J, right? Mm-hmm. That was a, a big thing. And I think that in some ways it's almost like lost where they had an idea, they telegraphed it just too much. Mm-hmm. And then everyone knew what the big reveal was before mm-hmm. it was a big reveal. And so they were just kind of like, well, shit, what do we do now? Yeah. yeah. And you know, what's funny is it's like Robert J- Jordan was a, another guy that was like that, you know, like the, are we were part of that fanatic or the fanaticism of the wheel of time back in our early days in college like there was yeah, dragon mountain dragon mount and, yeah and yeah, like all, all the those theories yeah and he really it bugged that bugged him too a lot like he changed i i swear to this day he changed to mandrid was um time until yeah. it became such a so big that that everyone knew it, and so he was like, nope. ah, "Well, maybe I won't do that." Yeah, and, and like, he, well, but you already made that like that. Yeah, it worked. I mean, he went to his deathbed saying that it wasn't that wasn't the way it was, but everyone knows it was. I mean, he had a couple of quotes that were famous, like as Demandred's quote, you know, from the Age of Legends, and it's like, 
Yeah, he was <laughs> like, but, but I mean, you know, it's funny because I think if I was an author in that case, I would, it, there'd be part, a lot of me that would be flattered that I had written something that like people were so big into that, mm-hmm. like, I don't know that it would get into my head that way. But I mean, some of these guys, it really. Well, there's a lot of pressure. And then there's also authors like Patrick Rothfuss where. His thing is, I think he has, you know, the depression and stuff. Oh, yeah. He's got a lot so of like... it gets really rough yeah. with all the people. And- I will say this, though. I I felt really bad for Patrick Rothfuss. Are you getting into the Orville thing again? Yeah, God damn it. <laughs> he attacked the Orville, which is a TV series that I really like, actually, and was like, how is this on TV? This is so awful. This isn't art. Damn it. Who's the creator again? Uh, Seth McFarlane. Yeah, if I was Seth McFarlane, I would just be like, how's book three coming along? That's what I would have <laughs> responded, you know? <clears throat> but I mean, Patrick Rothfuss does his all of his charity stuff and all that stuff, so I understand. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, it would suck, like, to, to have that kind of a block. But I just think that Martin, I do think Martin, like, didn't think that thing... He didn't quite understand what he did to himself when he sold the rights you know to hbo yeah, and it, it became, became so it became. became what it became yeah um because you know it wasn't even it was a, a solid 10 years after the book was written that it was a bestseller yeah i mean i know that it won the hugo or i mean or one of the big awards but it wasn't a a, a number one bestseller until like 2006 yeah. so he had the first two or three books out and, you know, he was still never writing quickly. I mean, he was always two or three years between books in the first yeah. place. So, and then, you know, then Game of Thrones happens. And well, we can't all be Mark Lawrence, okay? Yeah. Or uh, Robert Jordan before he got yeah. sick. I mean. Yeah, he was turning those out pretty consistently. He, well, he's, and he's also famous. He, he got his, um, his first book contract because he wrote his first novel in like five weeks. And they needed the person that was supposed to write the Conan the Barbarian books dropped out, and mm-hmm. they said, "I need five books put out in eighteen months." And you can and Harriet, who was not even his agent yet, or not even his you know editor at the time, said, "Oh, I know this guy who I think could write five books in eighteen months." And that's how Robert Jordan got Conan the Barbarian, and then sold Wheel was able to sell Wheel of Time because he had done the Conan the Barbarian stuff. Hmm. So yeah, some some authors, man, they put out. Mark, yeah, Mark Lawrence is going to write like three books this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, how long do you think it takes him to write a book? Who Mark Lawrence will say, or anyone really. Most authors, if you're on like a normal publishing schedule, is about eighteen months for uh, like that's a pretty standard like historical traditional scale. But how long does it take him to like write the book before it gets shipped to the editor? You know, I don't know. I know that he just writes basically nonstop. So I think he has had Holy Sister or the the, the whole um, book of the Ancestor series like completed for a long time, and then so but yeah, I think he. It was under like whatever his normal writing schedule is. I think he'd have like three or four years that he could not write and still have books that, you know, already done. But most people, I think a traditional publishing schedule is about 18 months. So probably nine months to a year to write a book and then goes out to editor, comes back, and then you make your final edits and then get ready for publishing. You know, there's only one series currently that I regret starting because there's not a next book yet. Generally, I don't mind waiting. I don't mind that I read the name of the wind and I might never get a third book. 
I want another A Plague of Giants. That one burns me inside. Oh, God, I yeah. want it so bad. And it, it's, not, it's at least months, if not a year away. <laughs> burns me. Yeah, I don't think that uh, I don't think that Hearn has a scheduled release date no. for that. He's been writing uh, kind of the like comedy satire fantasy with Ugh. Delilah Dawson, and he's been he's been writing kind of side stuff off of the Iron Druid Chronicles, which he recently finished. I've never read that. Uh, I read the first one; they're they're enjoyable. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know what the there isn't a schedule for a blight of black wings, but supposedly he's, I mean, he's writing it. He's, yeah. I mean, he's finished a series before, so you yeah. know that he's yeah, capable. Yeah. Yeah, he's I mean, just it's not like it's his only book he's ever read, written. No, but, but, um, yeah, but I, I mean, I think at this point, you know, we're, we've rambled on long enough, but that basically I think that in this case, like this thing is, is more than just the books for me. And yeah. I, like I said, I, I love all of his side stuff he's putting out. And I'm pretty okay with continuing to buy his money grab books of, uh, of <laughs> world building and lore because it makes me happy. Well, it's one of those things that there are a few series where there's a, a book and a show and they're different. And I love them both. Like The Magicians. and Oh, God, um, that's so good. Yeah, they're both really good. They have a little bit that are the same. And also Dexter. It was like... <laughs> getting every time a new book or a new series season came out it, things had changed quite a bit in each one but it was like a whole it was all kind of together for me it's like i was getting more and that's how i feel about this is even though things are different they cut out things in the the uh show and he might be changing things who knows it's i'm just getting more and i enjoy that and even if i don't get all of it i'm still happy with you know, it was put out into this world and it makes me happy. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I'm, uh, yeah, I'm certainly not going to be one of those people that's going to be that every time uh, Martin posts a blog post about watching a Jets game, who's going to be like, why were you watching a Jets game and not writing my book? Well, I mean, we, I'm going to say, why were you watching a Jets game? The, the hopelessness of, <laughs> yeah. of the series. It's uh, that would be a good way to get into that. Yeah. <laughs> Although I do enjoy watching like people's theories. Like he didn't, write a new year's post he always writes a new year's post he must be really getting toward the end he didn't write about how bad the jet season was he must be really getting towards the end no he's he just didn't lost write about hope. the any like the bills or whatever he must be getting towards the end all of it like everything yeah they're saying these things when they could be reading a probably good book oh yeah right? we're at a we're at literally a golden age in yeah, so modern in fantasy that you know it's unfortunate if this story doesn't get finished, but yeah. there is so much out there that's really good that is that is finished or yeah. will be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, like, it's... I... My TBR list is... Will, would never... Be, I would never <laughs> be caught up if it was only what is currently written right now for novels that I would like to read, you know? Yeah. yeah. If you are so angry that this series hasn't been finished that uh, that you can't do anything but write an angry blog posts, then you probably aren't like a real major like fantasy reader and you're one of those people that got into the series based on like the TV show maybe or you know like that you're more of a casual fantasy reader because there's just so or, much right now. Or just one of them that uh, the type of reader that gets so engrossed into a handful of things Maybe, yeah. that 
you you just don't branch out because not that things out there aren't just as good, but mm-hmm. they're not that. Yeah, um, I, maybe. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm in one of those Wheel of Time Facebook group things, and mm-hmm. constantly people are saying, oh, I'm rereading. I'm starting a new reread. I'm starting yeah. a new reread. This is my seventh time through it, and it's kind of like, to me anyway, it's sort of a, there's so much else out there. Why would you redo this? So why would you spend so much of your time rereading this? Yeah. Especially when it's so long. Well, and yeah. this was my this current last like, listen was my seventh. But most of those <laughs> were when I was young. <laughs> most of those though were when I was a teenager yeah, or early in college. You're talking about. Yeah. And but I mean and I I there weren't nearly as many series out there. There wasn't and it wasn't as easy to find them. You know, in no, the pre-internet fair. phase. Yeah. You couldn't um, just hook up your Amazon yeah. like Unlimited. What's at the and... Middleton High School Library? Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, there, it was hard. You had to. And for us, <laughs> I like. Told, I said where he went to high school. And when we lived in high when I was in high school, the closest um, large bookstore was in, was a 40 minute drive away for me. Yeah. So I think there was a one small bookstore in the Karcher Mall, which for those if you um was like you know only a 15 minute drive but that closed down and so seriously i had to drive to boise for a barnes and noble and for me that was a 40 minute drive and you know so it but now i have i mean my phone i read almost all my books on my phone now and i anywhere i have internet i have access to a book so Mm -hmm. unless you've already downloaded it and then you don't even need the internet yeah there we are so, uh, hopefully this will be a little tighter by the time it gets done. Um, it will be two episodes for sure, though. I want to get... Most important question of all, though. Has anybody read the book uh, of the movie Batman and Robin? Oh, God. You don't yeah. you have copies wait, wait, wait. of it? Is it a novelization? Yeah. Oh, man. Barry does. Barry has it. We won't do that on this podcast, I promise you. Why not? Okay, maybe we will. (laughs) That That sounds hilarious. Okay, so... We should do a few novelization ones, because I've always wanted to read one just to see how ridiculous they are. Snakes on a Plane book. (laughs) There is? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. I never watched that. Why? Guess what it's about. (laughs) I always think they should have a sequel, Robot Grizzlies on a Plane. I'd watch that. Is there a novelization of Die Hard? <laughs> Probably. Probably. I, mean, I would <laughs> I imagine there that. is. Mm-hmm. So, Katie, yeah, Katie um, wants to, at, at the end of this uh, second episode, Katie wants to talk for, um, especially for, like, there's probably going to be a few people that will download this episode be just simply based on they'll look up Game of Thrones yeah, on. Yeah, it's Game of Thrones. Yeah, and so um, if you actually made it through to, to episode two, um, what are Katie wanted to recommend some some books that maybe you would like based off of this or just yeah, some... for people that maybe are getting into fantasy this way this is their introduction something that's not super heavy on um, the magic and eases you in through the characters would always be a good thing to okay well what what, what, what do you have what's your I don't know if I have a lot of things that are light on magic. Well, I don't know. A series that both you and Chris really seem to love is one that we oh, could probably... Oh, yeah. Senlin Ascends, as Chris and I would say to literally anyone we meet anywhere yes. with any taste, get on that. Yeah. It is Read the, the Books of Babel series by Josiah Bancroft. It begins mm-hmm. with Senlin Ascends. 
three of them have been released out of it will be a four a quadrilogy quadrilogy <clears throat> they are fantastic and amazing yeah and light on magic well is there any magic at all um it's more steampunky yeah yeah more of a yeah yeah it's not a you know it's not mages and wizards magic yeah but, but definitely there things that there's i mean it's different kind of technology maybe is how it would be described as opposed to but yeah definitely a series that um um is that you could get into if you're not you know huge into necessarily into fantasy um um another one that it's it's heavier on the magic but to me the world and the way things kind of fit together is um god what i can't even the brent weeks one oh lightbringer series yeah, the Lightbringer series, and that the four. How many are there now? Five. I think there's going to be six. Yeah, the, it's the it's all. Om- one is almost out, and he f- releases them pretty regularly. It's done. He's he's finishing the series off with this last this oh, last this one. Is the last one. Yep. Okay. So it'll it was be finished. Supposed to be a trilogy, and when he released the third one, he hadn't necessarily announced. I believe at the time. No, when he released the third one, he said, "Okay, it's going to be four. When he released the fourth one, he didn't necessarily say this isn't the last one. And but I remember thinking when when Katie and I finished reading it, that I was like, "Oh my god, this can't be the last book, right?" But yeah, but it is going to be finished. Um, and Brent Weeks actually is one that also got a lot of shit when he didn't publish his novel. Like people are vicious. Like they really are vicious when they have. It's a series that when people that people love really love. You know, he released a tearful YouTube video saying he was so sorry that he wasn't able to get the book finished on time that it just didn't turn out the way he wanted it. Like when he, the first time he, you know, his first draft mm-hmm. and that he felt like he was disappointing his fans and he was really sorry, but that it was going to get done. It just didn't turn out the way he wanted. And you're like, how, how ridiculous is it that authors have to do that at this point or like get just thrashed in the Twitter age, you know, or Reddit or 4chan or whatever people are vicious on the troll that's that sounds like misery to me mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah um an author that i think in general um that people should get into in terms of like really easily accessible to read is um, mark lawrence he has several series that or at least i guess that even though there are two separate trilogies one is set in the same um world um, I think that the Red Queen's War um, trilogy is probably the best between that one and the uh, um, Prince of Thorns. Mm-hmm. But um, just finished off the Holy Sister series. That was four books, actually, right? Three. Three? three? Oh, sorry, it was a trilogy. Gray Sister, or Red, Red Sister. Red Sister. and Holy, yeah. So you have three, so a trilogy there um, that just got finished as well. I feel like writing wise he's also grimdark you know in the same but in really easily accessible um to read but it is a little bit more magic but it's the first six books are still written on earth in a you know in a post-apocalyptic type of a series that's far enough past that you're know, like a thousand years after uh, the nuclear holocaust basically mm-hmm. so mostly medieval technology chris do you have any recommendations aside from you know you would have recommended josiah oh. bancroft yeah, uh, in uh, so if you're if you're gonna look at something that's as epic in scope, uh, probably the Wheel of Time, which <laughs> also get on that quickly because there's going to be a television show. Oh my god, I'm so excited! Yeah, um, <laughs> but then also a trilogy that I really enjoyed that's uh, that's got 
a, a cool cast of characters in a very dark world was uh, the Ties That Bind trilogy by Rob Hayes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a self-published author too, so that's something that you know that we. He's actually a, now he's a crossover uh, mix. He does he has right. some stuff that's published hybrid. hybrid that's the word, yeah. yeah. Um, so he does some self-published stuff and has some uh, um, with a publisher. So yeah. ties that bind, yeah. yeah. The Ties That Bind trilogy. I really enjoyed that one. It is a, it's a dark world with a unique cast of characters that are really enjoyable. It's not as uh, hugely epic in scope, but still well worth reading. And Barry, you would probably be a good person. Do you have any suggestions? Because you're not, you're more of an old sci-fi kind of guy than a real yeah, fantasy I reader. Was, if I was going to make some big scope series that we read that has incredible detail and like an insane vision, I have to say the Three Body Problem series right here, which is sci-fi. If I had to pick yep. one. Yep. Yeah, written by Lu Shishin, a Chinese author. It's absolutely amazing in its scope. Yeah. Um, any any fantasy that we've read that you would you know that you would think of that like would be good to get into for someone that's not a big fantasy reader? Because I feel like the three body problem was was is a, a tough one to get into for like the average reader just in <laughs> yeah, general. Yeah, maybe it is because it's, it's heavy hard on like sci-fi. physics and yeah. science. Yeah. But I just I was listening to it on audiobook and I kind of was doing something else. And the fact that I wasn't seeing the words and all the names were Chinese. I didn't even get past like the prologue because I was like, I need to read this. And then I just never did. That's a good point. Yeah. But yeah, that's awesome. And the first book seems like a prologue to the whole story. I think the second and third books were uh, the, the real meat of it. So, you know, if you can, if you get through the first one and you're kind of like, well, you know, there were things I enjoyed, but I don't know. Definitely try the second one. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, like I said, even when I, by the time I edit things down, we're going to have two fairly long episodes. So uh, if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Yeah. What's and, wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> but, read, read a book. I'm really sorry you don't have anything better to do. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I had a great time uh, yeah. sitting here. Well, send uh, us some hate mail, though. We really like that. <laughs> hey, you know what? Any feedback would be great. <laughs> we'll, we'll put out a tearful YouTube video. Of, we're so sorry for this episode. <laughs> we're so sorry that we thought that we were so great. Yeah. We won't actually be, and none of those authors should actually be sorry no. about anything either. Yeah, I just yeah, um, because it's no way it's going to last that long. I would like to say that we made it to 36 minutes into this atrocity of an episode in uh, pre-editing time, pretending like we were had really only read it for the first time. Okay, yeah. no, at least 10 minutes of that was talking about old shitty Batman movies. That's true. So we made it at Come least on. 25 minutes into it. I probably will try to cut it to about 15 minutes. No, 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 no. 15 Maybe minutes five? is still a long time. Maybe five. We'll see. To, to play that charade. Yeah, but I feel like then we only had like 10 minutes of actually real talk before we got into like more of more than just the book. But we'll Sounds see. Fine. <laughs> that Batman is going to be inaudible because I think at one point we're all four of us are talking. <laughs> <laughs> probably. We could probably catch It'll it a little bit in my mic. There will be plenty of that. Yeah. <laughs> there will be things where Cameron's like trying to edit, but there's two voices and yeah. choppy. and Or through his, you can hear the dog. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty then. Well, good talk. See you out there. Dun, 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 <laughs> where dun, we dun. broaden your fantasy horizons by uh, talking about the one...